Um, I have a couple announcements here. The cookie exchange is December 17th, and there's a sign-up sheet in the back, ladies. I know that Kylan wants a lot of people to sign up for that. And then the kids' Christmas party is December 14th during service. Um, and it's ugly sweater party, so I've been told to bring your A-game, and they're all excited about that. Um, if you're able, let's just go ahead and stand, and we'll pray as we get ready to worship together tonight. Father, we love you. We're just so thankful, God, that we have another opportunity that we can just worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, I pray that even now that you would just come, that you would inhabit our praises tonight, that we would be able to just leave everything at the door that we brought in from our week, God, that we would be able to leave the stresses of our week. We would be able to leave all of our burdens there and we would not pick them back up when we go out of here. God, I pray that you would just now start to soften our hearts, Father, that we could just bless your name and make you glad. It's all for you, Father. Just come in Jesus' name. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
Thank you for the authority that you have given us in your name. The authority you've given us that we can speak Jesus into our lives, into the lives of our children, Father, into the lives of our family, into our cities, Lord. And that the enemy has to flee when he hears your holy name.
souls in the darkness where we go you were there you were loved you were all together good in the weakness of our faith in the silence where we wait you were here you're enough you were all together good. Amen. Lord, we thank you that when we are weak, you are made strong. Father, I pray that you would just use our weakness as a mighty fortress, God, that the enemy would be upset with himself when he plagues us because he would know that we're going to run to you and that you will be made strong, Father, that you will, be, you will make us perfect in our suffering, Father. faith have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and entire lacking nothing and God I pray that we would be perfect in that way in your faith father we would be made perfect that we would have so much faith in you that when we speak your holy name we would believe that mountains are being moved that we would believe that our situations are being overturned for your glory but God I pray that our desires would be what you desire Your ways are higher than our ways. And Father, I pray that we would crave what you have planned for us and not things of this world. God, you can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. That's all I want. I want more of Jesus. And Father, I pray that we would just crave you. That when we are in our prayer time, God, I pray we're not praying for riches of this world, but we are praying for more of you. Fill us up, God. Fill us up to overflowing. where dust and moth they don't destroy we are your church Lord
this evening. Check, check. Man, you guys are quiet tonight. It's quiet in here. That all might change soon, you never know. So we'll go ahead and take up tithe and offering. Gosh, I feel loud with this thing. Tithe and offering tonight. I was thinking about this today, and I'm always reminded when I think of tithe and offering about how God is a 100% God. Sometimes we get hung up on, Lord, what do I give? Do I give you know, 10%? Do I give 10% plus a, a little offering? Do I give a tithe and a half? What do I give, you know? But... Remember, God's a 100% God. So it's fine to go ahead and give your 10%, but just remember, there may be times where he wants a little more than that. Not just of your money, not just of your finances, but mostly of you. He says, he who desires to save his life will lose it, but he who desires to lose his life for my sake will save it. He says, if you're gonna follow me, take up your cross daily. 
and follow after me. If you've read anything in the word, that means going to your own death. So he's called us to life and 100% of our lives. And so the word says um, in 2 Corinthians to be a cheerful giver. The word says come and give what you've desired in your heart to give. He's laying out this thing where it's about the heart, right? Paul's talking about the heart. He says, yeah, go ahead and give your offering. But do what's in your heart and be faithful. I can tell you right now, the only times that we struggle or have struggled since we've been married is when I've had a hard time letting go of the tithe. When I've had a hard time holding back from you know, fear of not paying bills and things like that. And I'm 100% sure, I can stand up here with a surety and tell you that when my heart's been free toward the Lord, and I've said, Lord, everything belongs to you anyway. Everything that I've got, everything that I get belongs to you. When I've been free with that, he opens up those windows of heaven and he blesses us. Samaria will attest to it. So tonight, keep all that in mind. And don't just do it with your money. Do it with your life, too. Say, well, God, I've only got so much time in my life, and I've got kids, and I've got a job, and I've got hobbies, and I've got all this other stuff that I have to take care of. But remember, all that comes after him. He wants 100% of your time, of your life. And he is more than able to bless you. Trust me, he'll give back more than you can give. <laughs> I don't have enough to give God that he can, or that I can outgive him, right? That's what we say, you can't outgive God. I'm not really trying to. <laughs> but I'm going to give him everything I have. That includes my time, my family, right? My resources. My voice, if he calls me to say something to someone or speak to someone, I'm going to give it to him. And he'll bless us for it. Amen? All right, I'll pray real quick. Lord, we thank you because you're good. We thank you that you've never forgotten us, that you've never forgotten to provide food for us. You've never forgotten to provide a meal for us. God, when we pray, you hear. You've said that your eyes are upon the righteous and your ears are open to our prayers, and I believe it, God, because we see you move. I thank you so much that you bless us with more than we, more than we deserve, God. That when we ask for needs and wants, you give us what we truly need and what we truly should have. You're able to give us the desires of our heart. Let us follow after you in everything that we do. Let us not lean on our own understanding, God, but in all our ways acknowledge you. Pray that you bless the tithe, God, for you say it is most holy. And we give you thanks and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, you turned me off already. Play, play the music. If you got it, you go ahead and bring it up. Uh, tonight we've got... Pastor Nicole Waters with us. Come up and share the word. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be with you. As I say uh, every time I come over here, it's such a beautiful drive. I was telling one of the girls earlier that um, where I'm from in Bakken's, everything's flat from Lima to Bakken's. So it's easy to get from point A to B and go, mm, I don't even remember getting here. But here, it's so beautiful. The hills are moving and rolling. You have such a beautiful scenery that I can remember it. And going through um, the little town, I think it's St. Paris, maybe? Yep. There's this little house that looks like a church with church windows in the front. It's in town. And tonight, I had nobody behind me, so I slowed down. I'm like, <laughs> they probably think there's a window peeper or something, but I'm, I'm in love with that house. I think it's really pretty. It's got me intrigued. You guys want me to keep going? You want me to move? I feel like I should do something. Maybe it's too close. It's not me. Okay. Well, then I'm just going to keep going. Okay, well, I'm not going to let grass grow under my feet because we got a lot to get done. Okay? I know that this is Wednesday night, and I know what time that needs to be done. So I got you. We'll get out of here in no time. Okay? Father, we just come before you this tonight, Lord, and we just give you ourselves, Father, 100%.
Father, I don't give a, a part of myself to you, Father, but all of my words. Father, I believe you led this message from beginning to end, but Lord, I ask you right now to prepare the hearts of everyone here, God, that they would hear what the word of the Lord is saying to them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so I want to start with um, the name or the title of my message tonight is The Heart of Generosity. <laughs> and you would have thought that our little offering taker right there had been reading my notes. But I think that's the good Lord that lined it up like that, right? But I want to tell you tonight that it is in your heart and in your general nature to be generous. And you say, oh, I don't know about that, Nicole. I, I tend that I might be a little selfish. Well, thank you. If you have accepted Christ in your heart and confessed him as Lord of your Savior, then you are now made new in his image. And because Jesus is generous, you are now generous. Your nature is to be generous. A lot of us know the scripture. I'm not going to assume everyone does. But it says, for God, that means our Father, our father, our dad, so loved the world that he gave. My dad was a giver. Your dad is a giver. <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son. Someone say, not selfish. He's not a selfish giver. Some of us tend to still be a little selfish in our giving. It's like that closed hand. We, we, we know he wants us to give it, but we really don't want to give it, right? Because we're still fighting within ourselves. That he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. So our father was not selfish. In fact, selfishness is the opposite of generosity. It means excessive interest in one's own self, constantly ignoring everyone else's problem and only focusing on you and yourself. Anyone have that problem in their life before? No, no, not at all, not at all. Listen, God was not interested in himself. Our father was not interested in himself and excessive about his own problems. He was interested in yours. He looked upon us and went, and they need a savior. They need rescued. They need help from the enemy that has deceived them. So I'm going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to send something very precious to me. I'm going to give them the answer to everything we need in this life. Jesus is the answer. Amen? His son. Therefore, you and I in this new life, in the life that has accepted Christ, and now we're bought into this new family and Father, God, is my father because I've been put into the vine. So I'm an heir with Christ. Amen. I'm like his sister, like, here I am, Buddha. I'm like, I got your space. Yeah, because everything that is his is mine. Now, you can only take what you think you get. And if you don't think you get that, then go ahead and sit and drink the crumbs or eat the crumbs from the table. But I plan on being a 100% full heir of my father and what is there. I'm an heir. He said I am. So I'm going to receive it. Amen? Amen? Okay. But there's a reason. If, if that's really true, then I'm a new creation, and it's my nature to be generous, then why do I still struggle? Why, when God wants 100% of me, my time, my talent, my treasure, why do I still fight? Why? What in me has to change? Well, let's read. I'm going to read some scripture for you. Ephesians 4, the 17th verse. I'm going to read out of the NIV tonight. You can follow along, or if you just like to listen, that's fine too. I'm quite the storyteller. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God the life of their father, because of ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, <laughs> having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality 
so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Greed. They are full of greed. They had become selfish and given over to their own lust and their own desires. They were ignoring the things that Christ had taught them, and now they were falling back into the ways of the world. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, put off your selfish, carnal, close-fisted, I'm afraid, I'm selfish, I don't know what to do. Put that off and put on, look at this, to be made, which the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the struggle is real. The struggle is between what I was and what God wants me to be. It's obvious what Christ lived is who we're to be. But every day, this is what's happening. There's a struggle. And let's just be real. Some days we do better than others. Am I right? I, I can take some notes down from my last week and it wasn't quite as good as it would appear to be this week. But the struggle is because you and I are maturing in God. We're maturing in our relationship and understanding who Jesus was. And when we do, the Holy Spirit does this internal work. And then the transforming of our mind, a new attitude about being generous and not being selfish takes place. A renovation of the way we think. But let's think of a child. Now, I brought a very special picture with me tonight. This is my oldest child. Does anyone think she looks very generous? She is full of attitude in this picture. Now, I'm telling you. But here's what I want to remind you is that when children are little, one of the first two things, Kenzie, you could probably relate to this being the children's church pastor over here, that one of the first things they say is no rebellion, flat out rebellion. I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way and mine. And what do we say? No, no, no. You have to share. Sharing is caring. No, you have two. Exactly like, listen, we had those mega blocks all the same color, like princess colors, pink, purple, white, whatever they were, and you would stack them up. And I promise you, we had bought, she was our first kid, so we had like five bags. One wasn't enough. There was five. And the whole living room became blocks, the entire living room. But if you sat down to play with her and build your own castle, she would throw her body over all the blocks. Mine! I'm like, where did this devil come from? I never taught her that. Never once did I cook dinner and throw myself over the food and say, mine. In fact, I always shared. I always fed her first. She could eat off my plate. What was wrong? It's in her. It was in our flesh from the time you were born. It's, it was in you to be selfish. But if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to renew, to change the way you think about money, about time, and about your talent, you will always be selfish with what God's given. And you'll always be giving just what he requires. I saw it on Facebook the other day. One of our, my girlfriends posted, you know, they took 10% off of the option for tips. So a lot of us are giving online now, like they, they bring that little machine to your, your table and you, you swipe your card or you pay and then it says, do you want to add a 10% tip or 15%? Well, now it's 15, 17, and 20. And she said, I wonder if we could give our waitress 15 to 20% for bringing us good food. Could we give the Lord 20% for giving us new life? 
I went, girl, right along the same lines of what we were just hearing in the offering tonight is that, and it's not that he's requiring that, but if he would, could we? Could we with a heart that was pure? Or would we be angry? Would we be cheap? Would we be selfish? What would that look like in our life? Here's what I go to now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that he used the same scripture. Anyways, I think it's amazing that God's on, in charge here tonight. All right, let's go to Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and I'm going to read the sixth verse. Now, keep in mind that Paul is writing to the church, and before, from nine, from number one all the way through five, he's talking about taking up an offering for the Jewish people in this church, okay? And he's talking about being good to them and being generous with what they have. So he's definitely talking in context about money. Whether we like it or not, over 2,000 times in the Bible, God speaks about money to you and I. It must be pretty important because it's mentioned more times than the word faith. That's pretty important. So God knows that it's necessary for us to know what he's talking about. It says, remember this. In other words, I wish that you would be aware of what I know. Whoever sows sparingly, Okay, how many farmers do I have in here? Do I have any farmers present tonight? Okay, that's why we should go over what the word sow means. Does anyone know what the word sow is? Plant. Very good, very good. My kids did not know. Just want to say, if that was to me for a mother, good job, you failed. Anyways, my parents are like, my kids are like, what? Why are they saying sow? I said, oh my gosh, I have failed. Anyways, we don't live in a farm. We live in the city. You don't need to know about planting seeds, and I don't plant a garden. So whoever sows sparingly, gives a little, will also reap, that means harvest, sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Someone say heart is connected to my money. Mm. Not reluctantly, that means without hesitation or under compulsion, meaning you should not feel pressure. I should not be able to say to you, you know, it'd be really nice if you would just give more. I think that, I don't know you're being completely honest with your tithe and your money. That's not my job. God's saying this not about my heart. It's my heart to decide in my heart what I'm supposed to give. And if you're husband and wife, then you have to decide together what to give. And if somebody wants to give more than the other, you all have to come to a happy medium. And not always is more always right. I'm going to be honest with you. There are times that in order for one to love the other, we need to meet the one that is struggling the most in their faith and say, what's happening here? Why are we like this? I love that. As, as Judah and Samara are saying, this is important to us. This, she'll be able to tell you, this is what happens when we don't give 100%. What's he saying? When I ain't got it, my wife does. And she's telling me, oh, no, you put 100% in that. Oh, don't you dare disobey God. And they need each other, right? So we have to depend one to another. But here's what it says. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, someone say all. That means ain't no more. All things. What's a thing? Anything. You, you, you want podiums? All of them. You want shoes? All. Ain't no more. Any, of, any amount of pairs of shoes that you need. All. In all things, at all times, what? Having all that you need. You will abound in every good work, as it is written. They have freely, this is, this is Paul going back to the Old Testament, reminding them of what the word said. It said, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, it goes on. We're not going to go there yet. Just like Alexis was learning to give, here's what happened. We took her in for the offering. I gave her a quarter. She came back home, quarter was still in her pocket. 
I said, I gave you the quarter to put in the offering. No, Mommy, no. She wanted to put it in the dinosaur. She wanted to put it in her bank. She wanted to save it. She wanted to stockpile it up in this little dinosaur that went down. This was back in way early 2000s, so you may have noticed some, some of you kids may be old enough to have your own. Anyways, the next week I said, I'm going to give you two. One is for the offering, and one is for the dinosaur. And I'm trying to teach her. She gets to the bucket. Puts it back in her pocket. So the teacher tells me this is what happens. So the next week, Randy and I are fit for barrel. We're like, listen to me. You're given that quarter. So we got in there. We told her, we said, don't come home with no quarters. In fact, this week you're giving the two you had this week and the two new ones you get for the next week. And nothing's going in the dinosaur. You've got to learn a lesson. This is about you giving because God asks us to give and you're going to share what you have. Okay. We get there. She, we have to pry her fingers open and get her to shit. I'm not kidding. Her hands were sweaty. They were sticky. The quarter is sticking to her hands. I'm like, you devil. Literally, but, but this is what it took to break selfishness in a little child's heart, right? Now, I'm going to tell you, Alexis now, if I say to her, hey, babe, will you grab me a coffee on your way into work from Starbucks today? She'll say, yeah, I'll say, hey, grab money out of the, the lunch jar in the kitchen. She said, oh, mom, I don't need your money. Totally the most giving thing in the world. If you said, I like your shirt, and she knew you did not, she would literally give it to you. That's who she is. But it was a working in her process. But oftentimes, you and I are like this in giving. Hear me out. We want to give. We have the right intentions to give. But really, we're hanging on in our heart, and we're fearful. We're fearful of not having enough. We're fearful that if we don't stockpile for that rainy day, that God's not going to come through. We trust him with our life. How many believes in heaven? So we believe after we take our last breath that we're going to heaven, but we don't believe he's going to provide for us while we're here. What? Do you get how silly that sounds when we say it? But yet we all deal with it. When we give with a closed fist, just imagine here, this little young boy up here. Come here. I don't know what these are, but I'm going to use them. Yep, you. What's your name? Daniel. Since you're, since you're so tall, I want you on your knees. Yep. And this is money. Okay. And I want you to try to catch as much of it as you can with a closed fist. Close. Closed fist. Give me the other one, too. Two. Yep. And you try to catch as much as you can. You ready? Here's the windows of heaven. You ready? Hmm. About a third, now, about a 15%. now, stand up and turn around. Look, show the crowd how much you kept. That's it. That's all he kept. But look how much God distributed. How much can you catch with... You're not allowed to read those. I'm sure they're important. Put that back. Lord, I don't know what those are, but I think they're Thanksgiving. It's okay. Leave them there. Leave them there. We'll pick them up afterwards. I'm trying to show you that with closed fist, you cannot receive from God. But with open hands, as freely as you give as freely as you will receive. Think of being in a money booth, throwing money around like, how much do you think you're going to catch like this? You'd do better to catch with your teeth than you would your hands, right? Can't do it. Can't do it. But here's what God says. Look, so that when you give, you can have more than enough. The scripture says abundantly. Abundantly. That means you got more than you need and there's more for other people. In all times, in all times, what if every single time you saw someone in need, I'm talking anything, their rent, they wanted 
to get their hair colored and you knew it was going to be 120 bucks, ladies, don't, don't, don't act like it only costs you 60 because you're lying to your husband. It doesn't cost 60. It costs 120 by the time you walk out of there with tip. I know I'm telling your story. Now you're only going to be able to go every 10 weeks. But the point is, how neat would it be to go into a restaurant and go, and I'm going to buy her meal and her meal, and when I go, and I'm going to drive by the laundromat, and everyone I see in there, I'm going to pay for all their laundry to be done today. Would that not be amazing to have more than you need that you could do every, look, you could give it all times in every situation any amount you wanted. Wouldn't that be amazing? If we can't say that, then we're living a limited life. Because the scripture just gave us the answer to lack. It said, he who sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. He who sows much, gets much. So if you need more, give more. I know, goes against your earthly mind. Because it's a kingdom principle. Remember, this earth works differently than the kingdom works. And we are sojourners, just simply passing through this life. This isn't our home. Our home's somewhere else. So I live by a different set of rules than what's here on this earth. I live by God's kingdom rules. So here's what verse 10 says. Now he, God, who supplies seed to the sower. Who supplies? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you mean if I just sow what he gives me? Because he gave it to me, right? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, wait, and increase the store of seed. This means your resource of seed and will enlarge the harvest of righteousness. This is natural and spiritual because he said I will enlarge your store of seed, and your harvest of righteousness. So I'm going to enlarge what you have naturally, and I'm also going to enlarge you spiritually, and you will be enriched in every way. What? It, it's this everything, all, so that. And then it says, every bill paid, every need covered, so that. This is the whole answer why. He's not doing that so you can pack it up and store it away. He's doing it so you can be generous on every occasion. Through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So, since we're not farmers in here, I'm not either, this came out of the church garden this year at OBM, Maine. This is an average year, 6 to 11 inches, is the average ear of corn. So I would say this was average. There was no pesticides on it. This is a heirloom seed. And I counted the kernels on this ear alone. And there are, you ready? 574 kernels on this ear. And it came from one seed. So these are my seeds. I'm just going to let you know I'm a farmer tonight for this sake. And I didn't think that corn would quite be big enough for what we needed to display. So one of these, in this basket, I'll have you know, I counted what 500, I just made it 500, not even 574, was at three quarters level of this basket. And the guys did some extra measuring for me as close as I could get. One of these, here's what we do. We give, and that's what God returns. That was 500. That's what God returns. But wait, that's just seed to the sower. While we're planting, took the same amount of effort to plant one seed, I'm already on my knees. I've already got my hands dirty. I've already got my wallet open. If I need more than the 500 that he just dispersed, why wouldn't I plant 
more. Two of these, so this is what happens when we are believing God for more. This is 500. One. occasion oh here you need you need some new construction material for your house I want you to get a new roof I don't know that you need one but okay I saw something about a house online here you need it you wanted some new clothes you saw something really nice but you didn't think it was in the budget I want you to get some new clothes oh wait the church wanted to do a church pantry and feed hungry people oh here sorry about those Christmas decorations now look, look, I still have more. What am I going to do with all this? Oh, but wait, I better get some seed back in the ground again so I can do exactly what God wants me to do with it. But see, we don't do this. We take this. Oh, gosh, I hope to goodness nobody sees how much I made. If they do, everybody will be asking. I want to make sure we got enough. Let me put up some dark blinds over this money. I've got it in a CD for 13 years. I ain't letting nobody get that money. I'm trying to be real. I'm trying to be real. What I'm trying to do tonight is to get you to be honest to look at yourself. I'm not doing this to make us feel condemned. I'm not doing it because I need more in the church offering in Urbana. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to get us to look at ourselves and say, am I selfish with what God's given me? Am I fearful from week to week that I might not have enough? Maybe I don't have enough for retirement. Let me tell you something. The world tells you what you need for retirement. You need seed for retirement. You need seed. And you gotta plant it. You can't have seed in barrels and in buckets. You have to have seed in pipes. Are you a bucket with God's money that collects and keeps and fills up, or are you a pipe that he can put his money through? Because I'm telling you, if you are a pipe, if God can get his money through you, he'll get it to you. But if all you're going to do is put it in buckets and store it up for a rainy day, you better enjoy it because that's all you're getting. That's who God is. And sooner or later, we have to use our faith to either believe what he's saying in its fullness or don't believe it at all. See, we trust him with our eternity. We know he's forgiven our sin. We know that he's washed us white. We know that we're going to heaven. But really, he, he cares about my money? Yeah, he does. Can you imagine in the Old Testament when they gave to somebody, does somebody have a wallet? A woman have a wallet? Let me have, oh, no, give me your wallet. That's good, that's good. You got any money in it? Okay. Well, geez. Okay, so this, this is his money, so I'm gonna give it away, even though he ain't got none. Here, I want you to have this money. Try to take it. Take it, what's the matter? I said, take it. Really, I want to give it to you. I do. Oh, God. Okay. The Old Testament said when they gave money, watch this. Well, he didn't have the one with it. Look. He opens the purse and says, here, take what you need. Take all of it. Take what you need. Because I got everything for every occasion. Come on, get in line. 
get mine, whatever you need, take it. Well, how much more I got? No, as much as I need. I'm not counting what I got because I'm not afraid because I know the source in which it came from. And I know there's more. I know there's more because I'm just the simple pipeline that it came through. And I'm not holding on. A pipe supplies. It doesn't stop up and hang on to. How do we give? Open-handed or closed fist? Are we a bucket or are we a pipe? I end with this scripture. God knows the number one competition for our heart in this life is money. He wouldn't have mentioned it 2,000 times and connected it to our heart almost every single time. Why does he want you to consider before you get to church what you will give? Because he don't want anybody talking you into it. He wants to know what you think right up front. He wants to know how much faith you have in him right there. Not how much you have in faith after the pastors talk to you about taking up the offering. Because then you feel condemned and you're like, man, if I don't do that, I ain't going to be blessed. God's not looking for that. He's looking for this. To say, I trust you. He's looking to see if he can trust you with his money. To get done what he needs to get done. I end with this scripture. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. It says, one person gives freely and gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I leave us with this question tonight. And I'm going to be honest with you. Remember, in Ephesians, that I said it was a process. If you find yourself being selfish, ask God why. Is it fear? Is it fear of not having enough? Then go to the scripture and find out what God says about having more. Because I'm telling you, God's never failed us. And if he fails us in this life, then why are we believing for the next one? I dare you. I dare you. Test it. Test it. Malachi tells us, test me. Prove me herein with and see if I won't open the windows of heaven upon you with blessings more than you can contain. How many of you sat around Thanksgiving this year and just thought, God, you're so good to us. You are so good to us. I mean, we've had some low times. We've had some bad times. We've lost people we love. But you know what? God's faithful. He ain't never left us. He ain't never. He's walked with us right through the fire. He ain't going to leave us now. Church, I encourage you. Take a risk. Start planting some seeds and start recalling the scriptures that we read tonight, Corinthians, and read it and say, Lord, I know that you gave me seed and I know you're going to multiply. You're going to increase what I have earthly and what I have spiritually and I'm going to use it for your kingdom's work. I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. We just had a Thanksgiving offering at our church. And I'm going to tell you, every year I wrestle because I know it's going to be a big number. Like, now, I'm just going to be honest with you. To some people, that's $100. To some people, that's $500. To some people, that's $5,000. To some, it's $500,000. It's big for what I give. It's big. But to other people, it might not be big. But to me, I am a very anal person like this. And I know what we have, how many pennies we have, and where they're going to be spent. And I tell my money where to go before I get it. So I know what I don't have before I know. Does that make sense? So when God tells me a number, I'm like, really? That number ain't in my budget. And he's like, I didn't pick a number in your budget. 
Because if your budget could cover it, then you wouldn't need me. And so I really want to resist. In fact, I would love to go to the restroom every time. It's time for the offering message about the Thanksgiving offering. But I felt God tugging on my heart, tugging on my heart. And here's what I said to Randy a couple days before. I said, I'm telling you, God wants us to give in that Thanksgiving offering, and it's going to be a bigger number than you think. And he said, okay, well, how big? I said, you know what? I'm not sure how big yet. I said, you got any numbers in your mind? And he said, no, I don't have any numbers in my mind. Well, Sunday came, and he leaned over to me. I didn't say a word. I didn't want to remind him. <laughs> he said, hey, that number. I said, yeah, you got a number? He said, no, but whatever you choose is right. Oh, my jeez. And so you know what? I didn't even bring my checkbook with me that day. I had to write an IOU on that Thanksgiving envelope, and then I now I got to go get it out of the bank. The bottom line is this. Sometimes God doesn't ask you what's comfortable. He asks you what's uncomfortable. See, God's wanting to give me more, but he's testing if I will be faithful with what I have. He don't want me storing it up in the storehouse in my barn. He wants me putting it in his storehouse where it can get used. That's what he wanted from me. So I'm not preaching anything to you that I didn't have to swallow first. But I had to start asking my questions. Why don't you want to give it? Why? Are you fearful? Maybe you're selfish. Maybe you're just flat out cheap. God ever told you to give somebody money and you're like, What's $10 going to buy? A tank and a half of gas? I mean, for real. You know what I'm saying? I told the story in the main house. I said, somebody sent in an offering envelope, and then I got to let you go. Somebody sent in an offering envelope with $10 in it and said, here, this is for the youth pastor who has holes in his jeans. I'm like, I said I wanted to write them back and say, we need another $125 because them are $135 pair of jeans. That's not going to work. Jeans don't cost $10 anymore. Right? And so if God tells us to give money to someone to go out to dinner for them and their family, then don't send them to the 99, I don't even think they have a 99 cent menu anymore at Wendy's. I mean, it's like a $5 menu. I went through there the other day, paid $38 for three people. I'm like, oh, we're not eating out anymore. This is ridiculous. You're packing chicken nuggets. I'm not doing it. You know, but literally, God's not cheap. He gave his only son. He didn't pick from 10. He gave the only thing he had and all of it. We should have the same heart back. Where's our heart when we give? And is it truly generous or is it birthed out of selfishness? I want to be a pipe, not a bucket. Stand to your feet this night. Father, we just come before you in this house. And Lord, pray for the cleaning crew that they won't hate me and I'll be invited back, Lord, for destroying Christmas decorations and the floor and the Thanksgiving prayer request. I don't know. Lord, we give you our hearts tonight. And God, I know you're doing a work. And what it is, God, is it's meant to make us more dependent upon you. Father, to let us put our trust in you and not the riches of this world. Father, I ask this week, God, that whether it's passing the Salvation Army bucket, Father, whether it's them asking us to donate to the Cancer Association, whatever it is, God, that they're asking for this season, God, I ask that you would arrest our hearts. And Father, when we feel like the selfishness coming in, like, oh my gosh, I've seen that bucket five times, Lord, challenge us. Challenge us, God, to go further. Challenge us to abound to every good work. God, that you blessed us so that in all things and at all times, in everything, we could be generous. God, help us to not hold back because of the world's limitations. Father, for you just showed us what seed could do. Father, speak clearly to us this week about where to plant our seed and what to do. And Father, we just surrender 
our finances to you. We surrender them, Father, trusting that you, who own the cattle on a thousand hills, will always supply that which we have need of. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right. I love you guys. Don't go telling Pastor Kyle and I whooped all over you about money either. <laughs>